Welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, your best source for information, news, tips, and tricks to get you off the ground running and earn success with your custom apparel decorating business. So get ready to soak up some knowledge. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mark. Uh, my name is Mark Stevenson. And this is Mark Vila, and um, I'm glad to be back here with you, Mark. Hopefully, there are um, some folks that are glad to hear our voices again. I'm sure there's a handful out there. So um, thank you for picking up and back listening again. It's been a while since we've really been able to sit and uh, record podcasts. Yeah, it's and it's it's not from, you know, not from any any bad things happening. It's strictly because um, Cold Essie and Coleman and Company have experienced um, phenomenal and record growth. Um, over the past year. And believe it or not, both Mark and Mark uh, are not full-time podcasters. Uh, Mark is, uh, handles all of, the, uh, all of the e-commerce stores and much of the digital heat effects product line for marketing. And I, um, I handle the rest of our machine sites and, and Google advertising and Facebook and things like that. And we overlap quite a bit, but believe it or not, when Coldessi's busy, we are busy. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, definitely there's... glad to get back into the, uh, into the saddle of podcasting. So for, um, for some old, this is a, a little information for old listeners and new listeners alike. <laughs> so bear with me for a minute, but I think this is worth uh, a minute of your time just so you can know who we are and where we're from. Might as well do a little fresh refresh here. Good uh, so um, Coldesi, if you're not familiar with us and our organization, we sell all types of customization equipment from t-shirt printing to embroidery to if you want to print on a, a mug or a yard sign or just about anything. If you want to put uh, ink or thread into something, we have equipment that that does that. And uh, we sell all the supplies and um, blanks and all stuff like that. And in 2021, uh, a few things happened that kept us real busy and away from podcasts, unfortunately. But um, one was uh, launching of um, new equipment into our product lines, a lot of them. So we had sublimation printers brought in, um, Roland, uh, Roland. What's the biggest one? Uh, probably the, uh, the direct film direct, direct in the end of the year. It's been crazy. Uh, we, we ate, probably doubled the amount of SKUs in our e-commerce store, uh, between blanks and uh, offering mugs and mouse pads and all stuff like that. So, so, um, when we talk about growth, it's not only in growth of number of customers, but also due to our offering. And that was a lot of marketing work. So we've learned a lot from last year. We've learned a lot over the past almost decade working together. And we're going to share that with you for the rest of this year. Yeah. So let's get started in in sharing some of the stuff we've learned. Hopefully you can learn something um, from what we've learned. And uh, it could be successful for, for your business out there, whether you're new or you've been doing this a decade. Um, I learn something new every day. Yeah, there you go. And for uh, if again, if you're a new new listener, you may not know this, but we're uh, we're both pretty available. So uh, we get emails from listeners all the time with questions about marketing and strategy and equipment and supplies and, and all of that stuff. And we welcome that. So you're welcome to reach out uh, after any of these episodes and ask us questions and things along those lines. Yeah, 
Yeah. So let's give, let's give some information out that's thought provoking and question creating. That's a good idea. You don't want to just talk about ourselves for the next uh, 50 minutes. I think. Um, let's do we can an episode. Do it. Yeah. Let's do an episode just for that. I can just go about on. us. Okay. I, like I can that. go on for like three hours about my various. <coughs> so. That's fantastic. All right. So this is actually um, the first part of three episodes um, our, our thought here for uh, launching in 2022 was really to, um, to help you guys look back. And we did a similar episode last year. Um, in order to prepare for the coming year, um, especially if you're already in business. Now, if you haven't started yet and you're just still trying to get motivated and pick equipment, that's great. You're still going to learn a lot from these, from these episodes. But man, if you've been in business for anywhere between two months and 10 years, then I think the next three episodes are going to be key for you to maybe taking a fresh look at how your business works and what you want to do uh, and accomplish this year. Mm -hmm. And you make a good point. When we do this uh, episode, if you're new, um, you may be thinking, uh, I can just skip about this first episode of looking back at last year because I don't have a last year. Um, however, this information isn't just about last year. It can be about last week and last month Yeah. too. So if you are new in business, you should really take all these notes down so you know what to track over the next, over the beginning months of your business. And you can look back month to month or week to week or day to day, whatever it might be, you know, what it, <clears throat> and, um, and you'll actually, you're going to be ahead of the game versus folks who started their business last year or a few years ago and haven't tracked any of this stuff. And now they got to go find this information. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the title of the episode is 2022 business planning. This is part one, looking back. And uh, if, for example, you are um, panicking right now because your CPA or your accounting is telling you, telling you you made a lot of money last year and you owe a lot of taxes, but you can't find it, <laughs> you know, or you can't identify that's, you know, what that, how that happened or can't verify that's true, which I know I've talked to more than one person that's in that situation. You know, how'd you do last year? I did great. How much did you make? I don't know. You know, I really, yeah. I really can't put my <laughs> finger on it. Yep. Um, so, I mean, that that's part of what this is for. And this is, we're going to collect all the information you need. So um, if you're driving, that's cool, but really plan on printing out the podcast notes for the things that we're going to be talking about. So you can go at, go back and actually get these numbers. Okay. And that's at customapparelstartups.com. Yeah, it's not. And it's not going to be a theoretical look. This is a practical look. Mm -hmm. Right. There's no there's no theory. Let's um, let's go through the steps on how to look back at last year or last month or whatever the period is so you can look forward to the coming. Year. Yep. And, and I'll try to interject a little bit for brand new businesses out there on, on if there needs to be any translation to uh, to what you're going to track to. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll try to yeah. keep that in the front of my mind. Uh, so what's let's start. This is a list that you can. Yeah, write this, down is, or, this is this is this is going to be a list and a conversation. It's a right. lesson of conversation. So these are things you should be looking at, tracking, considering. Um, <clears throat> you, If every business that's successful globally um, does this, yes, this is like standard stuff. So if you're new to business and you're not sure where to get going, um, this is just a, a great list of things. So yeah. why don't we start right at it? Okay. And we had our cold SC company meeting for the year and we talked a lot about these numbers. 
And the first one is what were your total sales? <clears throat> and what is, what does that mean? I mean, let's, let's be specific. What do you, what do we mean by we're talking about total sales? Cause that's not an accounting term. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what we're talking about are, you know, the, the amount of money that you took in. And if you have invoices that you made in December that haven't been paid yet, I would include those two. Mm-hmm. If because you accept we're looking cash at, and didn't yeah. write it down, you write know, maybe down. you have your own separate notebook. Because <laughs> we're, not, we're not looking for um, accounting numbers. Yeah. Right. We're, we're looking for performance numbers. So, you know, I mean, how much January 1st to December 31st, how many, how much money did you generate in your customization company or your side hustle? And then the tough calculation is um, what was your total profit? Mm -hmm. So Mark, you want to kind of break down what the difference, you know, how you would get to a profit number? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now this is this is one of those things that lo- just logically is very simple but the what gets lost is the details right so your profit is not uh going to be what the t-shirt cost to make or what the mug co- I'm sorry what the mug cost or what the t-shirt cost how much ink or thread you put on it and how much you sold it for that is a pretty reasonable way that we will do often to do a quick calculation of profitability of an item. Right. Gross right. profit. Gross profit. Yeah. So, um, so, and we do that ourselves. We make sure that certain items we sell uh, here at Coldesi have to have a certain minimum margin to cover all of the other costs that are, that get, get uh, uh, taken in to deciding what you're, we're well, not deciding, but calculating what your profit's going to be. These include things like, uh, staffing or any software expenses that you have or any outsourcing people that you give money to, right? So you've got the profitability of individual items, which we talk about plenty, but yep. then you've got the profit of the business. Yeah, which is why we always say when we do our ROI calculations that you're going to have to come up with your own labor number because we don't know how much you spend per hour on yourself mm-hmm. or on any employees, you know, how much do you spend on advertising? So really you're looking for, um, you need an expense number. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what was your top line? How much money did you take in? And then how much money went out to make that happen? And I would do your best before you do the math to write down on a spreadsheet or a notepad or whatever, um, everything that cost you money to do this business. And if you want to get really granular with it, you know, uh, you can even say, you know, 10% of the internet for my home, you know, uh, yeah. you know, and, and things like that, if you want to, if it is like a side hustle for you, you know, but it's important to figure, you know, do you have a website? How much do you spend for that? Do you have a Gmail account? That's a professional version or an outlook. That's a professional version. Um, do you have any, did you have to upgrade your iCloud for Apple because you're storing things there. And now that costs you an extra $9 a month, you know, try to factor in all of this stuff. And then um, first or last, whatever you want to call it, you should factor in how much you want to pay yourself because we want to, how much you did pay yourself, how much you did pay yourself or how much you should have paid yourself. Yeah. should have. I think that's probably a better man. You know, um, because what we're looking for is profitability of the business. The business should have some profit. 
Yes. Which how do you how do you describe it? I mean, you describe it in a good way. What's the profit? No, no. I mean, I mean, you you you've got it because you've got to allow something for yourself. The um, the profit of the business is not how much is left over in your bank account. Okay, yeah. especially if you're using a personal bank account, it's not how much money that you take out. It may be good to think about that. It may be good to you know keep that in mind. But you want your business to be independently profitable, like objectively profitable. So, you know, if you took in $100,000 last year and you spent $50,000 on uh, identifiable supplies and hard, hard costs that went into cost of good sales that went into those sales, then you've got to add, you know, what are you paying in rent? You know, is it a percentage of your mortgage? What are your internet costs? What are your phone costs? What are your supply costs? How much did you spend on boxes? You know, you've really got to be as granular as possible um, because if you're not, then you'll be having a conversation with us in, you know, maybe 18 months, which is usually how long it takes uh, because you're not making any money um, because you're not charging enough or because you're paying too much for your supplies or because you're paying too much for labor or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's great. So, so what you want to do is get your total sales, you get your total expenses, including giving yourself money, right? However much money you took for yourself. And the thing is, it gets tricky with a side hustle. If we're talking about those two, which we are, because you probably just took the money and like, I don't know, paid a car payment with it. right? Right. Or, or, so you got to figure out a way, like how much money did I take? Is there money left in the bank for the business now? after all of that and 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 then and then you kind of figure it out to say how much money did the actual business make after i paid myself yep and uh and then that profit's a great number to know yeah. uh, because you oh, go ahead uh the re- so the reason that you're doing that all that is so you can track your progress for next year mm-hmm. right because there's there's a real potential and i've seen a lot of people do it that you could increase your sales quite a bit and make less money. Yeah. You could be less profitable. You could do twice the amount of work and only make an extra $1,000 in a year. Yeah. You, yes. you know, and, all and, those things are possible. Yeah. And that could be personally and the business too. Yeah. That absolutely. could mean you, you could work an extra 30 hours, but you don't pay yourself anymore. And the business expenses just go up. You you made the same amount or less money, but put in an extra 30 hours of work and you didn't even realize it. So knowing all this is powerful. Yeah, I so I mean, the, the the real, the fun math and this, the math that we do all the time is how much you make when you make a shirt. You know, so 10 to 15 bucks. So like, it feels great to make a shirt, sell it to somebody, get, get 20 bucks in your hand, mm-hmm. take 10 of that and go out and buy lunch. You know, yes. that's the, that's the easy math, you know, especially if it's a side hustle. Um, but, you know, if you've got, if you're doing that with a hundred shirts, you know, now, now it makes a big difference. That's a fun how lunch. How long it takes you. It's not, it's fun, not as much fun. That's a fun lunch. Yeah, it is a fun lunch. <laughs> that was a fun lunch. That was a, that was go. a lunch where you went and took a nap afterwards. There you go. All <laughs> right. So as part of our, the next step in collecting information and, you know, ba- balance this out. We don't want you to not go forward because you, you don't have the numbers that you spent on internet in February. You know, we want you to keep mm-hmm. moving forward. So um, what we're going to do next is to figure out kind of, the next steps are to figure out kind of 
what your best products and the best people that you deal with are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So uh, number four, uh, number three is to pick your most popular item or type of item. Yeah. So in other words, if you are strictly in the custom t-shirt business, then you're going to say, what was my most popular shirt? You know, what was, uh, what did I sell the most of? And please try not to make this anecdotal. Because what, what can happen is, is you may remember a 150 piece order you did for a high school and consider that as your most popular item last year. Mm-hmm. But you could have sold 20 of a different shirt every month for the entire year for 240. So it's definitely your most, that would be your most, pro- your most popular item. Yeah, I, I actually like to think about this in a couple of interesting ways. And this is how I think um, you can have a, a little bit of fun with these numbers if you make it fun for yourself. Because um, sometimes when you're talking, when there's a difference between your most popular item and the most popular item that has a potential for growth or that you're going to plan on selling to other customers. Right. So one of our most popular items at Coleman and Company might be um, a type of spangle reel. Right. It's one of our most popular items. Now, this item is a very popular item. um, But if I'm going to choose marketing expenses, I'm probably not going to try to continue to promote that particular color of a spangle reel. If you don't know what a spangle reel is, it's because you don't have a specialty specialty type of machine that it's the only thing it works for. Right. It's a very specialty machine, very specialty profit, uh, very special product. And I'm not going to sell more of those spangle reels to folks who um, print yard signs for a living. Right. Okay. So there's some things to consider that if a school, um, if we're talking about t-shirts, if a school liked a particular brand of shirt, not because you'd like to sell it or you think the shirt is of a good quality or any of those things, but that's the shirt they've been using for the past six years. And they would just, when you got that customer, they said, we would just like it on the same shirt. We know it. We feel comfortable with it. And you say, okay, that might be your most popular shirt because it's your biggest customer. But Mm -hmm. when you look at your other customers, the ones that you get organically, the people who call you from Google, the people who you get referrals from, it might be a different shirt. So I might look at that and say, well, the shirt I sold the most of was this one because it's my biggest customer and that's what they chose. But the most popular shirt from sales that I generate on a daily basis is this other shirt. Yeah. So there's a couple of answers here. um, And I think it's great to know this stuff. Um, and it's because it's important to, uh, it's important when you're selling, it's important when you're making decisions, uh, when you look at the profitability of those shirts, you might say the profitability of my most popular shirt is my lowest profitable shirt, right? right? It's because you're selling it to a school at the lowest possible margin you could afford to do it, <laughs> but it's right. Re- it's reoccurring business. You don't do any work for, and you're happy to do it because you can make money with it. Um, versus the, another shirt that might be significantly more popular that you sell less of, but that's the one you want to grow. Yeah. I think I sell 10 times. I think that rolls right into, uh, number four, which is, you know, what's the most profitable individual item or type Mm -hmm. or piece that you sell. So again, if you're doing custom t-shirts and you sometimes do mugs 
and you're making 10 bucks on the custom t-shirt and you're making $15 on the mug, you know, or you, um, you're doing embroidery and you knock out left chest logos all day and you make eight bucks a piece, you know, but the most profitable item you do is a jacket back mm-hmm. that you make $200 on, you know, so you're, you're going to go down this list and you're going to figure out, like Mark said, what's your most popular item. And that should be pretty easy. You know, what do you sell the most quantity of? Those are the most popular. And you can give it a couple of different categories. Like, what do you sell the most quantity of? Because you've got one person that orders a million products. And what, you know, what's the most popular item based on just your overall customer base? Mm -hmm. And then taking a look at which one is the most profitable. So, Mark, why don't you kind of lay out what would go into figuring out what a profitable product. Okay. Yeah. So I think you should know a few things when it comes to profitability. Um, You should know, and I'm not, this doesn't have to be technical terms, right? Yeah. But um, you should know uh, the basic thing, the basic, right? How much did it cost to make? How much did you sell it for? So there's a dollar amount. There's like a net uh, a, a net profit there of just how much did you make? Just to, how much did it cost? I'm going to do this cost two bucks in ink. The shirt cost $4. It was a $6. I sold it for 12. I made six. Right. Right. Yep. Um, so that's, that's a basic profitability. You should also go to, um, you can go to websites like calculator soup is one or just Google search profit margin calculator and find one. You should know by definition and how to reach the calculation either through a website or learn some of the Excel formulas um, or math formulas you could do in your calculator. What's the profit margin of an item? You know, what's your growth? What, how do you calculate gross profit? How do you calculate your, your margin? Things of that nature. Um, uh, these are, there's, there's a important to know the difference between like mark up and margin. Right. Right. So that's just some basic, I don't want to teach you about that. It's like boring math stuff, but, but you just go to one of those websites. There's articles, read it. You'll understand what that means. You, and you should look at items with, with two things. You should look at what are the items with the best margin, right? Cause these items are the most profitable percentage wise. Okay. So what we're saying there is the difference between something you buy for a dollar and sell for two, you make, you make a dollar, it's great, mm-hmm. it's great margin mm-hmm. versus something that you buy for $10 and you sell for 12. Correct. You so make twice it, as much money, but the margin isn't the same. Right. So in those examples, just, just so you understand, this is understanding just some basic stuff. If this, I know a lot of people might know about this, but it's important just to think about it. And I, I like to go through and think about this stuff again every once in a while, even though I know it. If an item costs 10 and you sold it for 12, it's a 16, approximately 16% margin, 20% markup, $2 gross profit. There you go. Right. Um, An item that now that's doesn't sound very good. Um, If an item costs six and you sold it for 16, I'm I'm on calculator soup by now, by the way, I'm not doing this in my brain. Um, If an item costs six and, and the revenue is 16, your margin is 62 and a half. Your markup is 166% and your profit is 10. Okay. Now, an important thing to consider is the difference between that margin, that markup. If you are buying uh, a keychain for um, $1.67 for the blank and you are selling it for um, 
$5, right? That is, um, it's a 66% margin. Love it. That's great. Okay. Right. Um, it's, it's a, uh, $3 roughly gross profit. Okay. How many of those am I going to sell? Right. A hundred. That's $300. Okay. I mean, cool. Right. But like $300 isn't going to change my life or my business. Um, can I sell 10,000 of these things? Okay. Right. Now I'm interested because it's a dollar amount thing. It's about the $3. Yeah. Now, I, <clears throat> go ahead. I think that, I think the message there though, is really, you know, when you look at what the most profitable item or piece that you sell, you know, you're basically just gathering that information so you can make those decisions based on what Mark Vila was talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, because, you know, you're going to look at when you move on to the planning stage, you're going to look at, okay, this is what I sold. This is how much profit I made. You know, here was the margin. You know, which one of these do I want to emphasize or continue with next year? Mm -hmm. Now, when I look at um, like the back of the napkin uh, profitable item, what's our most profitable item? I take the what, what we sold it for, <clears throat> um, what it costs us, and how long it took us to make. Okay. You know, because that time factor is really huge. <clears throat> if we use that embroidery example, you know, mm -hmm. and I can do a left chest logo in eight minutes, you know, then I can look at how much, how long did that take me to make? How many of those can I make an hour? If I made seven bucks a shirt, you know, what would that mean from an hourly, from an hourly wage? You know, is that really as profitable as, you know, um, I've got a digital heat effects system. I spent $6 on a shirt. I spent $3 on a transfer. It's nine bucks. I sold it for $25 and it took me five minutes. Mm -hmm. you, you, there's, that, there's that calculation of profitability where you really have to make sure that you're considering the time it takes. Yeah, that, I, that's, that, uh, that is, that's a really great point. And that's definitely something you could dive into pretty deep and, and it's worthy of you doing on your own out there, you know, um, calculating per hour, you know. Um, but I want to just switch back real quick to that margin comparison mm -hmm. real quick um, to complete a thought. So the margin that we spoke about before on the uh, on the keychain that costs you a buck fifty that you sold for like five bucks and it's a sixty something percent margin you make three bucks on it right um, great margin sixty something percent margin if I'm looking at my most marginal margin um, profitable items that might be the most profitable one that that I sell in my business at sixty six percent margin that's that's a great margin by by any definition um, in just about any business now. Uh, conversely, though, if we're looking at, say, a, a high-end polo type of a shirt, that's a brand name polo, and maybe that blank is costing you $33 or something like that, um, and you're selling them for $65, right? And that's kind of a, a real-world example I consider because uh, in a previous company I worked for, we got Nike polos. And the company spent $65 a piece on them. I know because I, I had to buy them. <laughs> um and then, then I went back into looking at the cost years later when I'm in this industry. And I was like, oh, that cost, that polo only cost the guy about 30, 35 bucks. Mm -hmm. So he made about $32 on each one of those polos. Um, that's a 49% margin. Not as good as the keychain by a good amount, right? 16, 17% right. less right. margin, which is generally speaking, not good. But the gross profit's $32. So going back to if I sold 100, 
if we sold a hundred polos, that's like three grand. Yeah. If we sold a hundred keychains to the same customer, cause it was, it was a hundred people they were buying it for that yeah. was 300. So we, so there's, you, you look at dollar amount and margin and it's not necessarily, there's no line drawn on which one is better than the other. It's just important to know all of that. So um, it's a good rule of thumb to, um, to just know that information so it can help you calculate your prices sometimes. But when you're there looking you go. at that margin percentage, and then you look at the gross profit and determine how much effort do I put into this item. Yeah, I like that. In, in the end, what you want is you want a short list of the things that you felt you did the best with. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, and then you're going to move on to after you figure out what your best items were that you sold, um, you're going to look at, you know, what were your best orders last year? And I'm going to, I'm going to use the same kind of math that we've been talking about, you know, for figuring out the most profitable to which individual orders were the best. You know, what you're going to do is you're going to take, um, you know, what are your most, what were your most profitable orders? You know, did you get a hundred piece orders, you know, for those $65 polos and that, you know, you, you considered it was the best order, mm-hmm. you know, because that's the kind of, maybe it's the kind of work that you want to do, which we'll talk about in a second. You know, you could have, you could two-step the keychains, make less margin and sell 10,000 of those, you know, and maybe that's what you would consider the best order. I want you to make a value judgment. Mm-hmm. you know, um, kind of like, you know, of what your best order was, um, because that's going to move on to the, to the next one. Like for, for example, for Coldesi, let me just stop and say that, you know, uh, maybe last year we had the world's biggest cheerleader uniform manufacturer buy a dozen rhinestone machines from us. Uh, maybe that's what we're going to do the math we're going to figure out that's our best order. You know, it's the best order, not because we made the most money on that individual one, because those guys already know what they're doing. So as long as the machine is working right, all we have to do is send it to them. You know, so, so there's some calculus that's involved in you identifying what your best, what your best order is. So the best order when you're saying is not necessarily just in margin and dollar amount, but is there, there's an objective point to it too? Yeah, there's a subjective point to it, you know, yeah, and we're going to, okay. we're going to, um, we're going to talk about what you like doing and what you didn't like, you know, you're going to look back and um, there are orders last year, I guarantee it, if you're a busy shop that made you miserable, mm-hmm. they may have been your biggest order. They may have been great profit. You would never describe that as your best order because it, because it was a nightmare to fulfill. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, the best order might be a balance of, I would maybe define your best order as if I could recreate this order every day or every week and make, and then just make, make enough money to reach my goals yes. with that, That's then what that is do. the best order. Yeah. Right. That's the best order. And, and. Um, so, so it's, it's not necessarily going to be clear. you you may have two or three winners. I'm okay. If you narrow it down to two or three, Yeah, you know, um, but, but preferably you find like that one gold order and why do you want to know this? Well, it's because you're, you know, as we go through the rest of the process for picking next year, you're, you're going through this process so you can decide where you want to focus next year. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, you may have fond memories of depositing a check that you got from big order that you hated doing last year. You definitely don't want to do that every month, regardless of how much money you make, not your best order. Mm. Okay. And it goes into the next point, which is, you know, who are your best customers and what does that look like for you? Mm -hmm. You know, um, are your, our best customers, no offense for you from you folks that haven't bought from us yet, but they're the ones that have come back to us last year and bought the second or third machine Mm -hmm. or fourth machine. You know, they, they are, they know what they want. They, um, they know how our training works. They know how our support works. Um, they're already in business, so they know what it's like to be successful per order. They're just expanding. Those folks are a joy to work with. If you're coming back to our, you know, to buy your second machine, then it means you love us already, right? We're not convincing you of anything. So, you know, maybe your best customers is that high school that just orders 150 shirts a year. You know, maybe your best customers are the ones that, you know, maybe it's the one person that buys the occasional full jacket back leather custom embroidery. And you're an artist that loves doing that. That's your best customer. Maybe your best customer is the one who bought five things from you, but they spent months sharing those images on social media and they sent you tons of other customers. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can name the names of some of our best customers. You know, um, they, they bought multiple machines from us. Um, they're busy. So they bought light, buy a lot of supplies from Coleman and company. They've already gone through all of their learning processes for their equipment. So they don't spend a lot of time in support and, and they participate in all of our Facebook groups and they help other people. Mm-hmm. Those are great customers. We want lots of those. Yeah. So, uh, so that really what you look for is your best orders and your best customers. And you kind of say, dang, this, this business would be beautiful if all the customers looked like this and all the orders looked like this. Yes. So that's kind of the dream, right? That's the dream. That's the goal. Potentially that's one of the goals. And then you want to know this so you can, when you're developing your goals, you've got the answers there. You know, like I want to try to find more customers like this, (laughs) more orders like this. How do I do that? Yeah. So in in marketing speak, we call that a customer avatar, your ideal customer. You know, what you've done through when you look at your total sales and your profits and you spend time looking at the, you know, at the most popular items that you sold, the most profitable items that you sold, um, your best orders and your best customers, you're creating a picture of the ideal situation for your business. And you're using that using information from last year, actual information, not the stuff off the top of your head or the friendliest person on the phone that you talked to that you didn't really make any money on, mm-hmm. you know, or that big order that you were excited to get and excited to get out that you looked at and you actually lost $5. You know, you're going through all that. So you you can create this ideal circumstance that you mm-hmm. want to organize how you're going to go after more of that for next year. Yeah. And, and this is one of those things where, um, you might, you might find your, what you would call your best order and your best customer. And then you might do the math and you'd be like, dang, this, that's not the business I want. I want to make more money than that. Right. But it's, it's the starting point. So maybe you say, what if this was a customer that I could sell deeper into? 
I could sell them more stuff. Yeah. What if I found customers like that, but maybe they were bigger, right? So you sold to some sandwich shops and you really like that kind of hospitality thing. Maybe you can catch some hotels or maybe you can catch a bigger restaurant or somebody who owns a chain of pizzerias, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but so you look at it as, as a blueprint. And I also think the best order and the best customer thing can be a little bit of a scale because your job, your work, your business isn't always going to be beautiful things and wonderful things. Right. So you kind of scale. Okay. That was a little annoying, but it was real profitable. That customer's a little annoying, but real profitable. But on the scale of measuring this, I mean, this is a nice zone to be in. I can yeah. live here, you know? So yeah. I think it's, I think it's a fun game. I think it's um, interesting. It tells you a lot about yourself. Right. As a business owner, it tells a lot about the brand of your business that you want it to be. And, uh, and then about where you want your business to go. And, and I think like, it's important to go through that exercise, kind of what Mark was just talking about and what he brought up before the podcast was <laughs> it's important to invert everything that we've talked about so far, mm -hmm. right? So you were, you were always looking for the, the best, the most profitable, the ideal items, things along those lines, you know, um, take a look in your business last year and um, figure out what you didn't like. Like what, you, what didn't you like? What didn't you like doing? You know, uh, what, you know, you could even start with what are the lowest profit items that you sold last year? You know, and maybe it's a, it's a small embroidery order that you undersold because it was a cheap blank. You know, and it just took you more time than it was worth, you know, or maybe it was a, um, <clears throat> maybe it was a custom t-shirt order that was very profitable, um, but it was, it was just a, it was a pain to do because the customer, you know, was terrible about the graphic. You know, I mean, whatever it is, you want to take a look at the opposite of each one of the things that we've talked about. So, you know, what items were, make a list. What were your lowest profit items that you sold? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What items did you sell the least of would be another. Um, this one I find is an interesting one, right? Because um, there's a difference between items that you sold the least of because um, uh, people just don't like it or your customer base just doesn't like it or uh, it's, it's, it's too expensive or too cheap for your customer base or your brand. Yeah. Um, th those are just not good items for your business. But there's also items that you know or you believe should have been popular, but they right. weren't for some reason. And maybe you know why. Maybe you, um, you didn't try to upsell it enough or you only discovered it in November and it became real popular in November and December, but you didn't sell it all year. So you didn't sell too many of them, but you know there's good potential. So... I think that item is a, you're looking for two things on that list of the least popular items. Okay. Uh, one are what, what can I just stop selling? What should I stop offering? Should I just cut it off? It's every time I have to do it, it's extra work for me. I don't really make that much money on it. Nobody's really that interested in it. It's just something that clogs up 
the, the, the a mess. It creates a little bit of yeah. a mess every time one of those is on the order, like a particular mug that you have to do all these crazy adjustments to your mug press for, and people don't order them in very much volume and the margin's not that great. You sold eight of them and each one of those eight, you spent an hour redoing your art and messing with paper and cutting paper to specific sizes. You just cut the item off. Yeah. Um, the second thing you look for are items that you should have sold more of. And then you try to figure out why you didn't like it. Like I said, maybe you just never upsold it, even though, you know, everyone who got one loved it, but you yeah. only sold 20. So, but, so I, so. I, I, I like this for a couple of reasons because it also goes to the, what items were low in profit. So um, if you, it's a, it's a combination of if you didn't like doing it, no matter what the profit was or the, you know, um, or the potential is, I would not produce those. You know, you could find somebody to outsource it to if you'd like, but that's not negotiable for me. If mm -hmm. there's something in my position or in my side hustles that I don't like doing, I find someone else to do them for me. And if mm -hmm. I can't do that, then those things are never done. You know, so um, what your least popular items are, is that because you don't like doing them, it's because people don't like them, um, or it's because there was uh, a failing in some way. You know, you didn't, you didn't market them, et cetera. But, the, but things that you enjoy doing, or you, they were pretty good and they have some profit, that you didn't sell enough of, mm -hmm. um, those I think you, or you didn't think you made enough profit on, those I think are worth that special examination. Because uh, most of you are not charging enough for what you do. You know, 98% of you are undercharging. Anyway, so you could look at something that um, I didn't like doing it because this mug, it took me 15 minutes to make and I only made five bucks and the customer wasn't that happy. So it's okay, well, you know, is it because it should have been a $15 mug? You know, how, how do you feel about that? Yeah. You know, is it, do you like it more now? You know, if you, should you be selling it for more, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And that kind of rolls into the next one, which, which is, you know, what were your worst orders last year? And um, I bet if you were in business all last year, that those are going to be on the top of your mind and you'll have no problem writing those down. <laughs> yeah. And these are worst for the same reason as why they were the, why other ones were the best. Yeah. Um, it's a type of customer. It's a type of item. It's profitability. Um, it's uh, the time it took to make, you know, it's difficulty. all of these things, difficulty, um, all of these things together. Um, and if you probably just would prefer to not do that ever again. Right. For and that's, that's specifically the purpose behind writing that down is so you don't. We're giving you permission right now, you know, because the next the next question is what who are your worst customers? Is not to not to make those things anymore, mm -hmm. not to take those orders anymore, and not to deal with those customers anymore. Mm -hmm. I have a tough question then. Sure. Hard. That's hard. Go. <laughs> um you I made uh I'm in reasonably new business. I made like $30,000 last year, net, okay. like net income. Right. So, um, I made a decent amount of money, but you know, I can't quit my day job. Um, 
20, 30, 20 to 30% of that money. So a third of it, 10 grand was from a customer that I don't like the orders and I don't like them very much, but yeah. I make money off of it. It yeah. stresses me out and it, it stinks. Yeah. Um, I mean, do I just not take those orders anymore? That's you like, know, that's I mean, so much, you're, of, that's you're, so much you're, of my money. If it, you know? if it's, if it's mortgage money, I would take the orders, you know, but if it, but if it's not, then what's going to happen is, is you're just going to continue to do more of that and you will be miserable because that customer, what if that customer grows and doubles in size next year? So you spend, you know, 20 hours in a week of your, what would otherwise be free time doing something you don't want to do for people that you don't like. I cannot imagine that this is what you envision for your side hustle. Okay. So this is, that's, it's a bit philosophical. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is. there's some soul it searching. <laughs> and it's also, honestly, like it's also good business advice. Yeah. You know, I mean, okay. because, because you're not going to stay in business otherwise. You just won't. If 30% of your income is doing things you don't want to do for people that you don't want to do it for, then you're just not going to stay. So what might be, while we're talking about this and we've got a little bit of time left and we're almost done. So maybe you could just give some advice. If somebody is in a situation like that, how, how, how might you exit? So um, I would do a couple of things. Um, the first thing I would do is if you have any kind of relationship with this client at all, um, you could pick up the phone and have the conversation. And you could say, hey, listen, Bob, um, uh, I appreciate your business from last year. It was great and it was significant for me. But um, I had a couple of things happen. You know, uh, your attitude towards the purchase and the business really didn't match my style of, of the kind of person that I want to do business with. And the time frame was too short um, and I didn't quite make enough money. As I look at 2022, I'm evaluating the business that I want next year. Um, so, so it's up to you. Do you want to work with me next year on changing those things? And we can try it again if you enjoy doing business with me. And if not, then you know maybe I can, I can refer you to somebody else for that business. And then you never know. Maybe the guy didn't realize he was being a jerk. You know, or, you know, you might have an opportunity there. And then I would immediately start looking for replacement business. You know, I would even ask that guy if you, if you have the courage. Says, listen, I hate to do business with you. Do you know anybody nice that needs custom t-shirts? <laughs> okay. I, I actually agree with um, like helping to find a replacement too. And if you yeah. know you don't want to have that conversation, like you just really know you don't want to have that. And it doesn't have to be somebody who's a third of your business. It could just be yeah. this one annoying person that calls you every week and it's 1% of your business. Um, you can you can just find a way to exit out to them. Yeah. You know, just say, hey, um, I'm going to refer you to somebody else. The type of um, work that you're doing, I'm having some focus shifts in 2022. Um, I don't want you to be high and dry. Um, here's somebody else. Here's a couple other companies that do it. Um, and if you have some business relationships to people, you can even ask. I mean, some people will take the business, be like, hey, I got this guy. Yeah. He's kind of a jerk, but he orders every week. You want it? And some people yeah. are glutton for punishment. They'll be like, yeah. And give me I mean, the money. it's up and to you. Say, this, no. this, is, yeah. this is really taking your own temperature because 
you know, I fired a customer last year, you know, for one of my side businesses. And, uh, you know, I did it because I looked back and I, I did the math and I wasn't making enough money to put up with the amount of work that I was doing. You know, so, you know, it's just, hey, listen, um, here's what I can do. Mm-hmm. You know, happy to help you find somebody else. If you need me to consult for a transition period, that's cool. But I think you're better, better served by hiring somebody internally to do the work or, you know, finding somebody that's better suited for you. Okay. Yeah. Great. You know, you Great. Do the same and, and I just think it was part, it's part of the conversation yeah. um, to be had for this, because some of it is like, this is all the things I want to do. I want to do, I want to do that. You're going to set goals for There's also stuff. What, what do I not want to do? Yeah. Um, and I, and I also think that um, uh, there's potential for some growth in this. If you want to say, I want to get this all done in 2022. So I'm going to, I'm going to shoot for like some shifts in 2022 to make sure in 2023, I'm in a better spot because I know sometimes just life is not that simple, right? right? So you do your best to point your ship in the right direction, I think is the biggest thing. Point it in the right direction, um, not continue on the same path because eventually the water just gets worse and worse and worse. It doesn't get better over the horizon if it's really bad now. So you've got to make that shift. I, I like that. So, so in, in summary for, for this episode, what we really want you to end up with after you do some of the work is we want to know how much sales you made, how much profit you made, um, what was your most popular product, what was your most profitable product, um, what were your best orders, who were your best customers, um, and flip that all around. Mm-hmm. What didn't you like doing? What items were the lowest in profits? What items do you think have the most potential in spite of the current situation? What were your worst orders and who were your worst customers? Yeah. And, and then just, uh, and, and then you can have some general statements too. You know, what was the best use of my time? What was the, what was the, what was the biggest waste of my time? Um, what did I improve on the most? What can I improve on this next year? Um, what opportunities did I existed that I took advantage of and got and what opportunities do you know exist? You're not going after yet, right? There's the up and the down to both of those things. You've got, but if by going through this exercise, you have all those answers right in front of you. Um, It's like, it's like meditation for your business. And then, uh, and then we can move on to the next episode, which is going to be setting goals. Yeah, I'm gonna write that down. Meditation for your business. <laughs> I think I kind of think of it like that, right? Because I listened to I don't remember who it was. It was somebody on social media that I saw. Uh, it was a short video clip, but it resonated. And uh, the gentleman said something like, "If you want to know what to improve about your life, when you go to bed, meditate on the thought. Just think, you know, what do I need to improve about my life?" What am I not doing good? And he said, you keep thinking about that and then something will come in mind and you'll know that that's the thing you need to fix. And it's probably going to be the most uncomfortable thing because that's what your brain will do to you. And, uh, and then, then, you know what you can do. Yeah. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I find that this exercise is like that for your business because your business depends on more than just thoughts and feelings. It depends on numbers and actual people and actual customers and customers. So you've got, you can't just lay in bed and think about that. There's some, there are some philosophical things you can consider about your business laying in bed, meditating, but this is done in front of a computer or a tablet. And once you know the answer, you know, you already know what the plan is for next year. 
or this yeah, year. I love you that. Know the All right. Is. So the next episode is probably going to be um, setting goals. I may squeeze another one in on uh, direct-to-film printing. Um, okay. It's a uh, it's a new it's it's a relatively new technology that's just incredibly hot, and uh, we've got uh, Don Copeland, an incredibly knowledgeable product manager mm-hmm. that um, that is anxious to share kind of the state of that market, do a survey of equipment available, and just try to help you guys all identify whether or not it's an opportunity that you want to add to your 2022 list. Okay, and then mm-hmm. look for uh, part two of the series um, on uh, 2022 business coming soon. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot for, for listening to this. And I would just like to uh, wrap up with um, a, a little commercial. Listen to it. It'll take two seconds. <laughs> um, but oh. on uh, ColemanandCompany.com, if you um, haven't, if you don't buy from us now because you buy supplies somewhere else, or um, you tried buying from us before and we didn't have what you wanted or, or, or the price or colors or whatever weren't right, um, I'd encourage you to go check us out again, uh, colemanandcompany.com, or you can go to coldessie.com and follow the supplies link. Uh, we've like doubled the amount of items on the store there's in a, a year. So there's a lot of items on there. There's over 80,000 plus SKUs available. So there's a lot of stuff you probably haven't seen. Um, and go ahead and do us do a little uh, uh, target style browse on the store. I recommend, you know, just like you walk up and down the aisles. If you're in Target or Walmart or something, do that. Click on all the links. You might see some interesting things. You might see some stuff you want to buy, or you might just learn something because we have so many videos, of videos. so many articles. Yeah. Um, that even if all we do is teach you something and you don't buy anything from us, we're happy to have done that for you. And maybe one day in the future, we can earn your business there. And uh, the same at coldessie.com. Yeah, I like that. It's true. Okay. This has been Mark Stevenson. And Mark Vila. You guys have a uh, great business in 2022.